Welcome to the Inspiring Tech Leaders podcast with me, Dave Roberts. I recently caught up with Andrew Cole and James Massa from Stantech to discuss how the explosion of digital tools has brought data to the forefront of our built environment and how the role of digital twins is helping us to make more informed, data-driven decisions. Many thanks again to Stantech for allowing me to share this insightful podcast with the Inspiring Tech Leaders audience. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Stantech.io podcast, where we speak to our scientists, designers, engineers, and architects who are working with our digital practice teams to develop creative, technology-forward approaches that accelerate and improve our ability to solve the most difficult challenges facing our clients, communities, and industries. I'm Dave Roberts, and on today's episode, we feature Andrew Cole and James Masser, who are part of our Buildings Digital Practice Team. Andrew is based out of our Toronto office in Canada, and James is located in our Saskatoon office, also in Canada. They will talk today about the Stantec approach to data in the built environment and how we're using digital twins to address some of our clients' challenges. Welcome to the podcast, James and Andrew. Hey, Dave. Glad to be here. Yes, thanks for having us, Dave. Great. So let's start off by learning a little bit more about you both. How long have you been with Stantec and what is your digital background? Andrew, if I come to you first on this one. Uh, well, that's actually a fun question for me personally. I'm almost a Stantec lifer. Uh, I first started at Stantec in 2014 as an architect intern during my co-op program, and I've come back and forth a few times. My most recent stint, I've been here uh, one year this past month as a product owner for the digital practice team in buildings. Uh, so my digital background is, uh, well, first I started with a degree in architecture, and uh, as I was Doing the accreditation process and the licensure process, I stumbled my way into visual programming languages, Grasshopper and Dynamo specifically. And that type of uh, manipulation of design and data was very fascinating to me. And once I got myself more involved in that tool, working with the architectural practice, I really became more attached to the programming side of the uh, solution. So I've started to invest in myself in learning to write SQL and uh, dashboards to do more data analytics. And then just this constant appetite to evolve my tool set to do more interesting root problem solving and, and aggregation of information led me to become more of a front-end developer than I give myself credit for and came back into uh, Stantec as a role of product manager to really take on those interesting intersections where design, both in space and in data, coincided. What a fascinating journey so far for you then, Andrew. And what about yourself then, James? Um, yeah, my my story is interesting, I suppose. Um, so I've been with Stantec for nearly 14 years. I guess it'll be 14 years next month, which is kind of a long time. Background-wise, I've, I've run most of the gamut. So a fairly kind of classic sort of experience where I, I literally started as the person that was hired to print drawings and pick up red lines and, you know, do all that kind of grunt work stuff. And then I, I moved my way through uh, electrical design and then into like CAD management and then into BIM management and then, you know, slowly worked my way through that whole end of things and always kind of gravitated uh, mostly towards the uh, the technology. So really technology heavy, 
always moving deeper and deeper into that space. And so a few years ago, I actually transitioned from being the management kind of layer into doing like application development specifically. And then I did that for a few years. So really, you know, diving into quite some depth on programming languages and design patterns with software and all that kind of thing. And then more, most recently, I'm now acting as a solutions architect within the buildings group. Another really interesting career journey into digital. So the podcast today is going to talk about digital twins and data in the built environment. Andrew, let's start with you. What does it actually mean when we talk about digital twins? Well, digital twin is a big topic these days, and it can encompass many things. But I guess what we want to start with is the broad principle that a digital twin is a virtual representation of a real-world asset, whether that's a, a physical product or system. And the goal of that digital twin is to really capture uh, the performance and simulation of that asset uh, for practical purposes, whether that's testing or monitoring or maintenance. It's just a really great spot to aggregate information and make informed decisions around. And from there, you know, digital twins can be different scales of maturity. It can, can be comprised of uh, static information or live streamed information, but uh, you could use it in real-time analysis, or you could come back to that information later and do some more observational analysis uh, after the collection phase. But at the core of it is you really want a digital twin to be data and the most accurate information and aggregated information you can gather about the thing that you are twinning. Well, that makes sense. Sometimes you hear people talk about digital twins and what they actually really mean is simulations. I think you've actually articulated it really well when you talked about data in real time and digital replicas, the way you can model various scenarios against. But if we're talking about data and the built environment, how has that evolved within the industry? James, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so... It is very interesting to talk about about data and the way it's been treated in in our industry. I, I would argue that it's actually always been central to AEC. It just maybe hasn't always been considered a first class citizen, right? So you know, we we went from this this very analog medium of paper drawings and everything else, and you know, there is this explosion through CAD based tools and then into BIM based tools, and now. I don't know, I, I can't think of any kind of significant project where there isn't at least like half a dozen to a dozen or more various tools and platforms being used to to just conduct the, the design and then move through the construction. So probably the biggest thing that's that's happened in the industry has really been this explosion of all these various tools. And that has actually brought data to the forefront because the way the tooling actually all operates is for you to be able to exchange information between them, you need it to be at a fairly understandable or low level, right? So, you know, <laughs> at a certain point, most data science boils down to, you know, how efficiently you can transmit data versus via CSV, right? Uh, which, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but also not because we've got all this tooling and all this complexity and now to make it all work together we need to treat all that information as a as a like i said a first class citizen right so it's it's only now that we're really beginning to think about the data in its own sake so do you think consumerization of compute and data storage has influenced some of the changes that we've seen within the industry 
Absolutely. Um, so when you when you look at the the proliferation of of tooling and services, not just in in the industry, but also in um, like consumer lifestyle, right? We we've moved from you know where, wherever we were a few years ago to this. Everybody's plugged into something. Everybody's leveraging you know smartphones and mobile devices for all sorts of things, and all of those are tightly connected to various cloud environments and infrastructures and vendors, and just the, the entire comfort level of, of basically everyone involved has has really risen uh, over the past few years. So there's this expectation that if somebody wants to know something, it's very easy for them to get at that. Right. So we've, you know, we've grown spoiled by our various search tools that are around at the consumer level. And that that expectation of ease has really started to move into the AEC industry. Right. So when people are like wanting to know something about the assets that they own, being able to answer that efficiently is becoming uh, increasingly important for, for all players. I couldn't agree more. But let's go back to what was the actual motivation for Stantec to get involved with Digital Twins? Andrew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think the motivation is kind of multifaceted. And kind of as James was saying, we have evolved uh, both our, our own workflows, but also through client and market expectations of what deliverables around our documentation needs to look like. And as clients become more sophisticated with their asks and our tooling has become more sophisticated, we needed to start to break down some of these silos of data structures that go up along the way uh, in a process of uh, just executing some of our more core services. So the differences of how data is organized and exchange in a BIM model would be different than how it's managed and maintained in a energy analysis model and in a, in a room data sheet model. It's all kind of so on and so forth. We've created through the complexities of our deliverables, these silos of information and to make the most efficient uh, use of our time and that ease and the searchability of the data that is beneficial for ourselves as we try to make more informed design decisions and execute our services effectively and also allow our clients to make more informed decisions around their assets, we need to start to participate in constructing that more homogenized uh, exchange and data layer uh, around our products and processes. So that was one motivation about getting into the digital twin space is asking ourselves, what does our, what does our data look like when you strip away the, the silos and create a single entity that represents a project? Now, the other component that is a motivation for us is that handover of digital deliverable to our clients. And as they get into their more facility maintenance or operation maintenance space, what are we handing them and how can we best help our clients make that transition into uh, a model that best represents the assets that we are presumably the, the designers of? Well, that makes total sense. So James, have you got any examples of where we've helped clients navigate their built environment challenges? Oh, Dave, this is a this is a big question. And and then the reason I say this is this is big and and, and difficult to answer is because, you know, from my perspective, that's basically been our, our entire reason for being uh, as a company for ages, right? So you know, we've always helped clients with their problems. And, and in my thinking, to answer those problems, you've always had to rely on being able to extract the relevant information provided by the client, uh, 
turn it into something meaningful and provide an answer. So, you know, at a really foundational level, it's like, yeah, what's the example? Literally every job. But I know that's not really the answer you're after. So <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to kind of provide a more, a more tangible, more recent example, you know, we've done a lot of work and we continue to do a lot of work um, with groups around um, facility master planning. It's probably the, the best example I can think of where you've got, you know, large operators that maintain uh, significant portfolios of um, buildings and, you know, rooms and assets and all of this stuff. And it's difficult because that information is typically managed by various departments strewn around that other organization, right? They all care about certain aspects of that information and their own facilities, but nobody's really, you know, bringing it all together, right? So uh, probably some of our most interesting work is like coming in, working with a client, getting all of their data and, and synthesizing it into this kind of understandable, cohesive whole with which we can, you know, answer the kind of questions that they're answering or wanting to answer, right? So it's like, okay, yeah, we've got, you know, X amount of, of floor plate area dedicated to, to this particular kind of uh, usage, right? Um, what is that usage going to be looking like over the next few years, right? Over the next, you know, five or 10 year horizon, how are we going to need to evolve our facility, right? So you can't answer those questions until you've you've really kind of put together what the current state of their portfolio is, right? So that kind of work is really kind of fascinating and we've done it for a long time, but but today with the, the way that technology is moving and the tools available to us, we're able to do it in a, a much more cohesive fashion. So what's next on the roadmap for digital twins and data in the built environment? Well, we've been listening a lot to our clients and to the market about what Digital Twin really needs to solve in terms of client problems. And as James mentioned, we're we're deploying it as a data harmonization situation, a lot of large-scale master planning. But specifically, the next large problem that we're looking to jump in feet first in is strategic decarbonization plans, as well as carbon analysis uh, in general, there's a lot of tooling that's starting to emerge in the market that is helping clients track, monitor, and assess ESG targets, as well as embodied carbon in their facilities or in their campuses or portfolio at large. And that information is uh, definitely a space that, you know, as stewards of the built environment, matter a whole lot, uh, not only to us as individuals, but it's part of our corporate strategic goals. And so putting some energy into decarbonization, helping clients come up with means of tracking and uh, prioritizing projects that'll help them hit those those targets and fulfill their strategic plans is where our next brightest light is pointing. Brilliant. So if I wanted to learn more about digital twins and how Stantec can help with built environment challenges, what should I do next? Well, Dave, I think the first place to check would be Stantec.io. There are actually many products and services that our uh, Stantec team is delivering to our clients that help them with data analytics, predictive analysis, and other services for their assets that they're maintaining today. And, and for those that are internal to Stantec, there's lots of resources on our internet about digital twins and the other initiatives that are looking to expand on the feature roadmap of the solutions. 
Well, it's been a real pleasure talking with both of you today about digital twins and how we're helping our clients address their built environment challenges. Thank you once again for being part of the Stantec.io podcast series. Oh, it's a pleasure, Dave. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks so much, Dave. This has been great. Thank you for listening to the Stantec.io podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please tune in to future episodes where we'll continue to explore how digital solutions are shaping our world. In the meantime, you can also visit our website at www.stantec.io for further information. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for more inspiring tech leaders.